Daniel next witnesses Christ Jesus being given total dominion over all things. Hey, I've read the back of the book and I know who wins. Amen. Jesus is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and the winner. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. The Bible is the only book on earth that didn't come from earth. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us today. This time, we're continuing our series through the book of Daniel that I've called Courageous Living in Trying Times. You know, one of the great things about the Word of God is that it consists of 66 books from 40 different authors written over a 1,500-year span. Yet, they all agree in perfect harmony. In today's message, we're going to see that the prophet Daniel had a vision of someone he called the Ancient of Days. This powerful vision is in agreement with several other Bible authors spread over centuries of time. You don't want to miss Daniel's powerful account of what he saw and how it relates to us today. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, The Ancient of Days. So in the dream, here's Daniel. He sees a bear coming up out of the sea. Now, what is that? Remember, he's having this dream at the beginning of Belshazzar's reign. But we know that Belshazzar's reign didn't last long. And how did it end? How did it end? A hand appeared and started writing on the wall. And Belshazzar's knees started knocking. And he called for all of his wizards and all of his wise men. And nobody could figure it out. So what did they do? His queen came forward and said, hey, there's a guy named Daniel that... You apparently don't know much about it, but you should, because he'll tell you what this handwriting is. And they called Daniel out of the shadows, and Daniel comes forward, and he says, here's what it says, meeny, meeny, tekel, you parson. It says, essentially, your kingdom is taken from you tonight. And that night, Belshazzar was killed by the invading Medes and Persians, and in one night, an entire nation was overthrown and replaced by another one. A nation can be lost in a day, everybody. This is the kingdom of Babylon, ruled the world, but it was lost in one night. It was replaced by another kingdom in one night. So if you study history, you find that the Medes and the Persians were a bloodthirsty, warlike people, hence the words, arise and devour much flesh. Now the three ribs in the bear's mouth likely represent the three kingdoms conquered by the Medes and Persians, which were Egypt, Lydia, and Babylon. By the time the Medes and the Persians passed away, they had three ribs in their mouth, three nations they had conquered. Look what God knew before it ever came. Come on, everybody. You're looking at me like a calf stares at a new gate or a deer stares at headlights. All right? God knows the future. He knows the end of something before the beginning begins. God knows the end of a thing before it starts. So here he is saying, there's another kingdom coming. Medes and the Persians, they're going to be bear-like, and they're going to conquer three. They're going to have three ribs in their mouth. 
But then they're going to be conquered too. Because in verse 6 comes another beast. After this I looked and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads. And dominion was given to it. So here's a four-headed leopard. Wow, what is that? Well, this one's really easy. This one's the Greeks under Alexander the Great who conquered the Medes and the Persians and many other lands swiftly. Do you know that Alexander died very, very young and he died an alcoholic? Do you know that? He didn't live to be an old man. He died an alcoholic and he died very young. But before he died, he was prodigious. He conquered much of the world, and he always did it swiftly like a leopard. In chapter 2, that's the belly and the thighs of brass on Nebuchadnezzar's vision of the colossal man. So this is just another version of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. What about the leopard with four heads? When Alexander died, his kingdom was divided amongst four of his generals which accounts for the third beast having four heads. God knew that was coming before it ever even began. So he knows the end of America. What do you think? He knows the end of the world. What do you think? He knows when you and I are going to meet him. What do you think? He knows everything. Bible prophecy amazes me. Over a quarter of the Bible is prophecy. Did you know that? Now, now we come to the real focus of Daniel's vision which was also the main focus of Nebuchadnezzar's dream in chapter 2. There's a main focus, a main gist, and here it is in verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Now, we know what this beast was. This beast was Rome. In Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the colossal man, the fourth beast is represented as the legs of iron. This is another version of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The distinguishing feature of this beast, let's notice it because it really matters, is the power it possesses of breaking and stomping out everything in its path. It appears really as a monster in Daniel's dream, snorting, stomping, chewing, destroying any opposition. It is a ferocious beast. And this final beast blows Daniel away. And of course, this is exactly what Rome was like. It conquered the world with brute strength. Listen to what one Roman writer, Dionysius, wrote about Rome. Listen to this. See if it doesn't sound like Daniel's dream. The city of Rome rules over all the earth as far as it is inhabited, and it commands all the sea, not only that within the pillars of Hercules, but also the ocean as far as it is navigable, having first and alone of all the celebrated kingdoms made both east and west the bounds of its empire. And its dominion has continued longer than that of any other city or kingdom. Rome, the place of the bloodthirsty Caesars, Nero, Diocletian, others who persecuted the church and martyred thousands of believers. It would be, writes Daniel, different from all the beasts before it. This fourth one, this fourth creature is distinguished from the other three. 
it is standing out to Daniel more strongly than the other three. It was so different from the other three, it's given no name. No beast is given to symbolize Rome like a beast was given to symbolize the others. Because he can't think of a beast that can symbolize it. It's so terrible. At the very end of verse 7, Daniel adds that it has ten horns. Now, if you're with me in the book of Revelation series, that rings a bell with you immediately. Horns are symbols of power and authority in the Bible. Now, we are immediately reminded of the same description of a beast with ten horns in the book of Revelation. Here's what John the Revelator writes. Now, this is John writing in the New Testament centuries and centuries after Daniel. Listen to this. Then I stood on the sand of the sea. He's having a vision as well. And I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now, I taught you in the book of Revelation series, and I'll reiterate it tonight. These ten horns represent the ten kingdoms into which ancient Rome will have been divided when Antichrist appears. Remember, John said, he described Rome this way, it was, and then it was not, and then it was again. John predicted that Rome would die out, and we know that Rome did. Western Rome went around in about the 5th century. It was gone. But he said it's going to come back, and that's the feet mixed with iron and clay in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. It's going to come back, but it's going to be mixed with different cultures. It won't be pure iron. It'll be mixed with different cultures. So he's telling us that from ancient Rome, there is going to evolve 10 nations with 10 kings that have come from, are part of, have as their root system, ancient Rome. And I personally believe it's there right now in the European Union. Ooh, I just got Holy Ghost bumps when I said that. Now, these horns are really important because Daniel is completely fixed on this last beast. Look at verse 8. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. Let me introduce you to the Antichrist right there. Now we know it's not an it or a thing or some impersonal force because the personal pronoun whom before whom is used. And since in the dream, Daniel says, wow, I saw the eyes of a man and a mouth. That's the Holy Spirit letting us know this is a human being. Eyes and a mouth. Now, he's going to go into this more in this chapter tonight, but uh, Antichrist is the little horn. Probably called thus because at first he's inconspicuous. Notice how it says he comes up among the ten. He's not among the ten, which seem to be sort of ruling the day until this little horn comes up. And when this little horn comes up, he overthrows three of them in his rise to power. He arises from the midst of these ten kingdoms. He is among them, one amongst many leaders when he rises up. I fully believe, and I don't mean to get spooky or weird or twilight zonish with this, 
But I personally believe that it's very possible somewhere in Europe right now, the little horn is alive and waiting for the moment. And when he comes to power, he does it very, very quickly, very quickly. Later in Daniel, we're going to see it. Daniel's going to make it clear that the Antichrist steps onto the world stage seemingly overnight. And when he does, there's a power play. And the power play results in the overthrow of three of the ten kings that are ruling the day when he comes into power. Notice his personality. Here's a personality profile of Antichrist. And he's going to give us another one later. He is pompous. He is arrogant. He is cocky. He's speaking proudly. He's full of himself. And he speaks blasphemies, everybody. His mouth is full of blasphemy. You know what amazes me, if I can just digress a second? I don't know if I've just been in the wrong place at the wrong time lately, but have you noticed how people's language has gotten so vile? Have you noticed that? I went to a restaurant, and I parked next to a pickup truck. And hanging in this pickup truck in the rearview mirror, on the rearview mirror was a cross. There's a cross hanging down. But two girls were in this pickup truck, and the window was down, and they were just chatting. And the most vile speech was coming out of their mouth with the cross hanging there. I wanted to peek my head in and say, what that cross mean to you? What are you talking this way with that cross hanging off your rearview mirror? But everywhere you go, there's just vile, filthy, godless speech. Well, you know what? Antichrist is going to take the cake. Antichrist is going to be not just vile speech, but blasphemous towards God. Now, next in verse 9, Daniel's vision takes him to the end of the world as we know it. And I want you to notice this powerful stuff because we're coming back to Antichrist in a minute, so hang on. But look at verse 9. I watched. Here's Daniel in this vision. Now, it's like watching a movie. He says, I watched until thrones were put in place. Now, the placement of these thrones signifies coming judgment because a throne, when he says thrones were put in place or seated, that means judgment is about to unroll. The placement of these thrones signifies coming judgment on this fourth beast, an antichrist evil kingdom. And look what it says next. And the Ancient of Days was seated. We need to all say that together. That just feels good. Are you ready? And the Ancient of Days was seated. Woo! Now, hang on with me a minute. The phrase Ancient of Days means he who is most ancient as today's, an eternal one. And in this context, ancient of days is God. God himself, the ancient of days. He never began. And he never will end. We can't wrap our brains around that. God had no beginning. So how can that be? Everything has a beginning. Only because he made things to have a beginning. But he that gave things a beginning had no beginning. God has no beginning. He's always been. If you think about that too much on the way home, you will wreck. (laughs) He never had a beginning. The Ancient of Days was seated. That's God. And look how it describes him. His garment was white as snow. The hair of his head was like pure wool. Now, this picture of a white garment, this is Bible typology. This picture of a white garment and white hair speaks of purity and wisdom. All you white-haired people in here, stand up and say amen. Because that's purity and wisdom, we hope. But that's what 
This picture is telling us. His throne, look at his throne. It was a fiery flame. Its wheels, a burning fire. That's the end of verse 9. Verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Now, here's the typology again. Fire speaks of judgment because it purifies. And God's throne appears to be on wheels, which is telling us that judgment is about to come rapidly. It's speaking of rapidity of movement or of judgment. It's going to happen swiftly. I've noticed in my study of the Bible that when God judges, it comes out of the blue. When Sodom and Gomorrah got judged, they got up that day, made their toast, ate their eggs, said goodbye to the kids, petted the pets, walked out, headed to work with their sack lunch, and boom. When God sits on the throne and it's got wheels, rapidity, swiftness of movement, that means his judgment's about to fall and it's going to catch everybody off guard. Look at how it's described in verse 10. A thousand thousands ministered to him. This is a picture of his throne. A thousand thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. Now, again, in Bible speak, that's a thousand of thousands. Thousands multiplied a thousand times. The idea, an innumerable host of beings ministering to God around the throne. That's why if you don't like worship, you better tune in. Because let me tell you what you're going to be doing in heaven. You're going to be worshiping Almighty God. And you're going to be ministering to Him around the throne. And it's going to go on and on and on. And no, you will not get bored. It's going to be glory to glory and faith to faith and experience to experience and revelation to revelation. A thousand of thousands. What a sight. Look at the end of verse 10. The court was seated, uh uh-oh, and the books were opened. Everybody say it's judgment time. Now, this picture takes us again to John's revelation, doesn't it? Where he says in Revelation 20, 12, and books were opened. Look at the similarities. Remember when I taught Revelation, I told you you can't understand Revelation without Daniel. And you can't fully understand Daniel without the book of Revelation. But one is Old Testament and the other is new. Now, look, books were opened. Here's John speaking. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their work. So both Daniel and John are describing the same thing. Here we have, predicted in Scripture, repeatedly, a solemn day of approaching judgment. Now Daniel's attention next is turned again to Antichrist. So he sees all this, and now in verse 11 he says, I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. So he sees God sit on the throne of the judgment, He sees the books open. He knows judgment is about to come. And now he turns again and sees the little horn saying things that are pompous and arrogant and blasphemous. Pompous words the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Now, again, there is an exact parallel prophecy in Revelations 20, verse 10, where we find Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet all thrown into the lake of fire. See how the Word of God agrees? Let me ask you, did Daniel and John know each other? Could they have gotten together and said, hey, let's write a really cool myth? Uh Uh-uh. This is the Holy Ghost speaking to Daniel, and then he speaks the same thing to John. Look at verse 12. As for the rest of the beasts, and that would be the lion, the bear, and the leopard, 
They had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So Daniel is saying, I saw the end of the kingdoms that I've already predicted haven't even yet arrived, but now I've seen that they end. The fate of the first three beasts that Daniel has seen coming out of the sea is now revealed. Their dominions has passed away. Their dominion has passed away, and their lives were prolonged up to a particular point and time that God allowed, and then God ended those nations. Often in the Psalms you see Selah. That means pause and consider what you just read. Here is Daniel saying, I see the Medes and the Persians coming. They haven't even launched yet. Then I see the Greeks coming. Then I see the Romans coming. And I see that they end. And they end on God's timetable. When God gets done with a nation... He ends it. There's only one kingdom that will never pass away. And that's the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? But we're walking on holy ground here tonight, church, because this is spirit-inspired prophecy. This is one of the great evidences the Bible is the Word of God. Next, Daniel is shown the return of Jesus Christ. Can you believe it? I mean, he is having a dream. Look at verse 13. I was watching in the night visions. Behold, read this next part with me. It'll move you. One like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, let me take the next verse and let's go slow. He came to the Ancient of Days, God, and they brought him, Jesus, near before him, God. And Daniel next witnesses Christ Jesus being given total dominion over all things. Hey, I've read the back of the book and I know who wins. Amen? I've read the back of the book. And Jesus is King of kings, Lord of lords, and the winner. He is going to rule the earth. This is Daniel prophesying now the return of Jesus Christ. I want everybody to read it. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve who? Him. Let's keep going. His dominion. Now stop just for a second. Do you notice the difference? He has just predicted four nations coming and going, and all of a sudden we meet one that never goes away. So what does it say? His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Well, that's it for this time. What a powerful vision the prophet Daniel had. And there is much more to come as we continue our journey through Daniel's powerful book. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, you're going to want to take advantage of. And be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, The Ancient of Days. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. The King of all creation. 
TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. The Ancient of Days is the seventh message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13 CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping. By logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Life Talk.